Hi, Gemstones, and welcome to another episode of Tastes All Over the Place, recently renamed by Julie and her obsession, delight, and exuberance about RuPaul's Drag Race UK superstar, Tastes. I'm Nick. It's the truth, Ruth. It's Julie. <laughs> that disembodied laugh is Emma. And today we're obviously talking about all the queens across the pond and here at home. And we're talking about a lot of the controversies that have been surrounding them. RuPaul went a little cray today on this day. Good rhyming. We also talk about <laughs> you finally watching Framing Britney and all the scandals therein. And I agree. She should be free. Controversial, yet brave, perhaps. Hashtag sell it. And then we have a little 90s music quiz at the end that is amazing. I don't know who won. <laughs> come, for, come for the RuPaul drama. Stay for the Nick and Julie song competition drama. There's drama about, but also a lovely undercurrent of joy because we love doing this. We love you. And we love men, women, and non-binary people in wigs. Let's fucking do this. That was perfect. Amazing. I like how we had one beat of what are we going to talk about? And then we both start talking over each other. I was like, I remember, I remember. You go first. You go first. No. What is Clubhouse? Do you know what that is? No, it reminds me of like a Disney Channel Clubhouse. They had one that was a very staid, boring program. So it's a new app. You can't get into it until someone invites you into it. It's, it's fucking high school all over again. Oh, it's like a gay torrent site. You can't just um, subscribe. You have to be invited. Is that true? For gay yeah, torrent? it is true. Yeah. So they're like, you can download the app, but you can't get on it until someone invites you. So two of my favorite podcast people, Danny Pellegrino and... Um, Ben Mandelker from Watch With Crappens are like, join us on Clubhouse. Danny and I are going to talk about blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I can't because it's an exclusive group that I'm not cool enough for. And it's I'm like upset. those A-list celeb dating sites. Raya or person, something, right? Yeah. One person was recently banned because they screenshotted Army Hammer's profile. And you're not allowed to take screenshots because of celebrity. But, oh, my God, where are the bodies? Because they have to be there, right? I don't know why this Army Hammer story is not grabbing me i don't know why it didn't grab me until um a co-worker brought it up at work and i was like oh yeah like he cannibalizes people <laughs> how <laughs> how passe <laughs> and then she was going into a deeper because her roommate is obsessed and has an entire google doc where she tracks the progress which <laughs> i thought was insane but i've done that with every one of richard madden's relationships with men that do exist whether you believe it or not truly i'm happy love is love whatever he wants okay he's not gonna date me anyway so but he could date me if I lost 10 years <laughs> and now. gained 20 pounds of muscle and was on Teen Wolf. Your friend has this Google document about Army Hammer and what did and you learn? I appreciate that you're doing the yes and that we learned from Bossy Rossi, but I did not have a follow-up, Julie. <laughs> but you said you got more into it because you heard about the Google Doc. I did, period, end of sentence. <laughs> <laughs> and you said she's tracking it more. Yeah, supposedly... Where he's been on shoots, uh, he did like an underwear shoot or some sort of shoot, um, a film maybe because he's an actor, previously was, and they found like bones nearby and they're assuming that it was him. I don't know if it's true because it's from the Google Doc of a, of a 30 year old girl who's currently unemployed because of the pandemic. So I'm not sure. 
Not that that devalues her, but you have a lot of time <laughs> to create machinations in your mind. Did that rhyme? That was good. Thank you. I'm very talented. I agree. You are super talented. Now, what I wanted to talk about gay stuff wise. Yes, I know no one watched your name engraved herein unless I forced I you to, as Julie knows. But recently, Vulture rated all of the Netflix original movies. There are like 400 of them. And guess what was in the top 25? Your name engraved herein. So I'm just saying. Vulture is run by a bunch of homosexuals, correct? I'm sorry. Are you, de- are you devaluing my voice? Are you trying to stifle me? I'm not. Like I'm Brittany not. Murphy in every movie before her untimely death. May she rest. So when you look back on that movie, what are you left with? Like, you're like, oh, that was a really romantic, sad, beautiful film. Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts? So you know how you have to core an apple sometimes? I was the decored apple, just empty and full of holes. I guess one hole, two ends. How'd this get sexual? <laughs> <laughs> and you, wanted, you want other people to feel that way? I guess not. I just was giving my own personal perspective. No one has to watch it, and no one is, which is fine. <laughs> but I did find it to be an enjoyable movie because sometimes you just want to get wrecked. Yes. You do. Well, I think, did I talk about my theory? I think I did about how we're on the way home from the pandemic and the way back is so much slower and more painful than the way there. Uh So I just could not, I think Emma and I texted about this, land on anything this week that like got me. The third to all the boys I've loved before. I was like, no, I don't care, Laura Jean. Noah Centineo, it's now creepy. He's way too much older than you and bigger and I'm out. No. Everything that Netflix sent me, I was like, no, no, and no. I just couldn't land it. So then you know what you do? You just watch New Girl for a while. And then you watch our 30 Rock episode that was assigned to us like seven times. That episode's really funny. Um, Well, you did. I watched it. I finished watching it 10 minutes before we were set to record. (laughs) So it's fresh. Going to take some neck cracks on that one. Um, I did finish the Derek De La Hoo in and of itself. Did you end up watching that, Nick? I think we both know the answer to that. (laughs) Well, Emma encouraged me to continue watching it, and she rarely wants to be gutted and cored, so I thought I would go with it. Um, and I, I just want Army Hammer to eat me. <laughs> Give him your bone, Nick. Give him your bone. So I would agree, the less you say about it, the better, right? Like, it's just, it's, I do think you, I loved it. The end is amazing. I do think you should be mentally prepared that it is like a filmed stage play. Mm-hmm. Directed by the amazing Frank Oz, executive produced by Stephen Colbert and his wife, Lots of famous people there at the end. You have to let go of whatever you're thinking and just go, this is magic. I don't know. I kept writing Emma and her husband going, humana, humana what? Humana where woohoo? And then there'd be like one, I was like, I don't really care about that. And then by the end, you're like, what the hell? So if you want that like mind blowing, maybe we are all here for a reason. Maybe we are all connected or this is nonsense. Go for it. I really, it was nice. It gave me a nice calm feeling for a minute. Mm-hmm. Nice. What do you think, Em? Yeah, I like that calm feeling. It like it shuts up a lot of the other voices in your head because no, you don't know anything. And I'm like, I don't know anything. What do <laughs> I know? What do I love? And then it's like people and connection is still true and still there and still real. So it's nice. It like blows up your mind and fills your heart. <laughs> and I would say push through because the beginning mm-hmm. for me, he's not easily likable. No, the, he's not. What he introduces you to. 
like the thing in the wall is not easily likable or relatable for me anyway. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of like, I don't know if I can hang in with this dude, but it's <laughs> definitely worth it to hang in. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I was talking to a friend about it this weekend, and we are both just like, he's just kind of this white guy who's seen, like, he's got sad eyes, but you're, like, not immediately drawn to empathize with him at no. all. He's so. kind of like this white guy? Is he an Italian guy? Well, it's really just how he presents, right? He doesn't self-identify other than in a kind of riddle way. Um, like, his self-identification <laughs> at the beginning is literally part of, like, a, a riddle. Um, so it's not clear who he is. Are you just a dick? I can't tell. Like, are you just a pompous asshole? Or do you have, like, some actual interesting insight that is worth me sticking around for? So he identifies. Ooh, tell me a fable. (laughs) So he's the human embodiment of a Gorgon knot, essentially. That's neat. That sounds stressful and destabilizing, but I'm glad you guys enjoyed it. Well, not like watching men in the shower getting attacked because they're not ready by another man is totally fine, but... Some guy in a suit who's just kind of annoying. First of all, that was 30 seconds of the entire movie, and I feel like it's unfair. I'm sorry, have you seen The Accused? They raped Jodie Foster on that table for less than a minute, and it still haunted me for 30 years. You haven't seen it. You're children. (laughs) I haven't seen it. I have not seen... So, like, my eras, and I feel like this is the same for Emma as well. Oh, I'm sorry, so you're just saying I am left out? (laughs) You can disagree with me. Our eras tend to be, like, the 20s... To the 50s, and then the 70s and 80s and early 90s tend to be a little bit rocky. And then, like, late, mid-90s onward, super, super aware. The 1920s? Yeah. To the well, 1950s? Our, yeah, our dad taught film, so we grew up on, like, Hitchcock, Charlie Chaplin, um, that stuff. <laughs> Who was Charlie Chaplin but better? He did Steamboat Buster Billy, Keaton. Buster Keaton, yeah. He was always such a raucous good time. He was also deeply depressed. There was one stunt where an entire facade of a house fell on him, and there was just a small gap where the window would be that he ended up standing. And they're like, there's a 50% chance this could kill you. And he was like, that. <laughs> Life is ephemeral and meaningless. So would you say he's depressed like Elliot with two Ts is also clinically depressed? Segway. Ah. Uh, so... <laughs> Let's take it to this fucking runway. This episode was interesting. I don't... Perhaps it's because Elliot with two Ts has had so many scandals about low-key microaggressions and racist behaviors that I just don't empathize with him. Or maybe it's his face. I'm not sure. But either way, I'm having a difficult time connecting. Agreed. I know. It's really... I've seen a couple clips... Sounds like he's made some mistakes and should probably come and say something about it. Yeah. But for I mean, people who write nonstop, don't write hate to any of the queens. People are like, light him up, light him up. I know. Fall Out Boy just starts playing. Light him up, 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 light him light up. Light him up, up, up. <laughs> I'm a player. <laughs> um, Candy Muse, like, screaming about it on Instagram is also just not helpful. I'm that hotel story. You know that I'm not the kind of girl who would just say that if it wasn't true. I'm like, I don't know you at all, except that uh, you annoy me on the show. Also, this isn't about you. And Candy Muse has that way of inserting herself into drama moments, mere conversations that aren't explicitly about her, like the trans right debate. And she was the most active voice, it seemed like, in the Black Lives Matter segment in the episode previously. And it's just like, okay. Um, She's just a very, you know, loud person is she i mean 
Am I saying that she's what? What was the buzzword that starts with an A that everyone keeps associating with her? Arrogant. arrogant. Am I arrogant? Yeah. Is she arrogant? Am I arrogant to you right now? Am I arrogant to you right now? And right as much now. as I hate to associate with Rose, yes. Does that mean I like you any less? Not necessarily, but kind of. <laughs> well, she's saying that that's why she said, Elliot, you need to have more self awareness. She was saying it was about trans rates, things that she was saying, and. And if that's the case, true, because some of her Instagram posts that were, I mean, first of all, why don't you do a cleanse of your social media? I mean, step one, don't have these thoughts and don't express them in the first place. But she had this weird series of taking pictures of discounted black Barbie dolls and saying, why doesn't anyone ever buy the black Barbie dolls? Or, oh, my God, it's always on sale. No one wants the black Barbie dolls. And it's like, okay, like, is what's your point? Like, this is an indictment on society or she would end it with LOL. So it doesn't feel like that was her intent. This is Elliot. This is Elliot with two T's. Or as Twitter has called her, Elliot with three K's. Yeah, that's a little far, but oh, who am I to say? I, she's, I'm not the marginalized community she's going after. They have every right to respond any way they want to. I just don't like her because she's annoying. But as I was discussing with someone today, just because you are a performer does not mean you're a well-educated, kind person, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to have a different identity, get on stage, make people look at you, make them give you money. You know what I mean? What part of that says I have um, been out in the world and um, exposed myself to diverse audiences and you don't know. I I don't know why I'm holding them to a higher level, right? Same things we do with athletes, celebrities of any kind. You're like, well, Army Hammer was in a movie where I kind of thought he might be a brother. He must be real smart. You're like, no. He's just a he's just good looking. He might be smart, but he might just... be a cannibal. <laughs> what Weird I see being. and what I can sort of relate to in my experience at in the eating white, people. Yeah, I mean, delicious. In the white male gay community is there tends to be this like, okay, I'm gay and in this case, you know, I'm a gay man who's doing drag. I'm already so marginalized and it's like, bitch, you aren't. Like, this is I mean, I guess in the grand scheme of things, you're in a a, a marginalized community, but are you the most marginalized? Are you the, do you still have white male, which are the most causes of privilege in America in the world? Then yes. So you need to maybe take a step back for a second. Did you guys have time to look at the Instagram I sent you of the, the young boy doing um, Denali? No. no. Yeah. I'm going to pull it up real quick. <laughs> the people who are like, this isn't real or everyone's faking it or everyone's trying on an identity. When you see this young, super talented person, you're going to be like, I don't think he could be anything except what he is. And that's so great. You know, I hope we're moving to that place in life where we just are like, you know, like Depeche Mo said, people are people. But no, you're right. That is one of the beautiful <laughs> things about Drag Race becoming more mainstream is that there's an awareness and there's representation for these kids who realize that not only is there nothing at all wrong and very laudable about your identity, but also you can become a celebrity and super rich doing this. So there's an avenue to success. But anyway, there's a young kid, Micah Adam, and he is dressed to the nines in his room and he has memorized Denali's performance. He's wearing heels. (laughs) He's got Simone legs. Closet. He's, what do you think guys? 13, 11. (gasps) He's bouncing. Oh my gosh. Wow. He's memorized. Full on duck walk. Uh, Yeah. I'd say from like 11 to 13. Bob said it's not duck walking. It's called bouncing. And they're not actually duck walking because they have to travel. They said it was bouncing. (laughs) Either way, it looks phenomenal. Anyway, this kid is amazing. 
And also just the hand-painted middle school art of a yes. rainbow in the background is oh just so phenomenal. And the outfits that are hanging up on the door. The door like, is this his mom's dressing room? Like, where are we? Yes! Oh, full splits! <laughs> Killed so, it. We'll put a I also love the Alaska it. reveal where it's just like a quilt and then it reveals down to full dress. <laughs> Official Mika Adam, uh, I'd say, deserves a giant follow on Seriously. Instagram. Seriously. Wow. Anyway, this kid is phenomenal. I cannot imagine. Anytime love. someone is confidently themselves, it is just, unless you're too confident that you're arrogant, then it becomes, <laughs> let this be a lesson. <laughs> then I hate you, and you should be removed from all social media media. No, but by and large, when someone is confident in themselves, especially, you know, during the super difficult age of adolescence where it's very difficult to have any sort of otherness, whether that's societal pressure or your own personal feeling, someone living their life truly is just such a tonic. I know. And to be living it out loud on Instagram. And getting praise. And it's just, you know. Well, you Denali that- reposted him today. That's how I saw this. Um, let's see. There's been good backlash against Free Britney. Justin apologized just in time. Just 6,985 <laughs> I know. Just in time. Someone on Twitter astutely said, everyone has a high school boyfriend who did you wrong, apologizing lamely in their 30s. <laughs> Trash. Uh, I did finally watch the Free Britney thing. Oh, my God. Hold on. Let me, whoa. Let me back <laughs> my hair. Whoa. What? Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> it's very well done. First of all, the surrogate mom that she had when neither of them could travel and were just like, hey, will you watch our daughter? Thank you. Was very sweet. Uh, but what an uncomfortable position to be put in where you're just Please come harangued. into my bedroom. This is when it went quadruple platinum in Korea. Brittany made sure I had this. You're like, what bunker are you living in? I know. Brittany, when you say care of her. When you say her bathroom, it's her bathroom, bedroom. It's like a New York City studio apartment that she's currently living in, just with grass. I know. And it's like, well, Brittany doesn't have access to her money, so we can't blame her. But I do appreciate that there's finally a reckoning at least somewhat, for all of these super misogynistic questions and experiences that all of these young female teen idols were put through in the 90s and 2000s, and obviously before then as well. But Lindsay Lohan's, um, like her SNL sketch that she did when she was 17 doing the Wingardium Leviosa that was very much highlighting her breasts, and that was the entire crux of the joke. And people, as soon as she turned 18, remember Mary-Kate Nashley, there was a countdown clock to when they were turning 18, so... Dudes could, like, I guess, start molesting themselves to their pictures with a clear conscience because that's still fine. All of it was just like, it is super brutal. And we were conditioned to be like, oh, yeah, this is fine. And Craig Ferguson on the other side is getting a lot of props for him checking himself and being like, I don't want to make fun of her anymore. This is a woman. This is a young mother who is in traumatic turmoil in the public eye. And no one knew how to react. Like, he started talking about Anna Nicole Smith, and everyone was laughing. I was like, no, I'm trying to make a fucking point. Like, stop harassing these women. Stop giving them shit. They are people who are merely trying to exist. And yes, they're in the public eye, but a lot of this is not their choice. So I'm going to say something that is probably not true, but I feel good about it. Um, (laughs) We never really teach anybody how to grow up and how to treat each other how selfish you are, all your foibles, how to treat other people. That's what the 12 steps are all about. So I just don't, we don't really learn how to adult. And then you go into a 12 step program and you learn how to do that. Mm -hmm. So it tends to seem to me 
that any guy who's in recovery, although at any minute could lose it all immediately, <laughs> um, for that time that they're in it are awesome. I love men in recovery. Love them. Thank you, Craig Ferguson. Thank you. Although it still doesn't make me listen to the Jason Bateman uh, podcast. <laughs> and I love all of them. But You can only do so much. You know what? It's not true. I listen to so many podcasts. It's ridiculous. Oh, <laughs> I know, you're I maxed got, out. I'm not. I'm not even close. I got new ones this week that I'm loving. Um, the SVU one is too much for me, though. They, like, do the show crime, and then they talk about the actual crime that happened. So then you're listening to, like, gory, bloody details of whatever. But then they have Lieutenant on to talk to. You're like, oh, my God. That's what I listened to when I shoveled the snow the other day. I was like, shut up. No way. <laughs> Tell me more stories about that, Dan. Um, so, you know, I got plenty of room for podcasts, but. Not Jason Bateman. I, it's, it's Jason Bateman, Will Arnett, and um, Sean Hayes all interviewing somebody like Jennifer Aniston. So this is, like, white people everywhere. You know, remember that time we all went to Greece together? You're like, I'm living by myself in the pandemic, and I can't keep my kitchen clean. I got to I gotta go. I'd rather hear about dead people. And I got Philo. They're not sponsoring us yet, but they might. Um, because I was using a friend's login for cable, and I haven't talked to her in a long time, and they must have changed their password, and I didn't want to call her. You're like, so how are you doing in the pandemic? And did you guys change the password? So... I ended up getting Philo, and Emma did not tell me. I'd find out on my own that you get to DVR everything. So if you don't mind not watching it live, you can go back and fast forward the commercials. Now, when you tell Philo, you know, I really like RuPaul's Drag Race. It'll tape when it's time for it's on. Thank you. Guess what else it does it with? Original Law and Order. Oh, my God. I mean, I am on a mission. So I've already done this for you. I'm an all Law and Order classic. Did you guys like the classic? episodes the original cast yeah i love jerry orbach always i love how law and order is literally your crack cocaine you went from <laughs> jason bateman your Do brain was protect him? your brain was protecting you from lulling down and all of a sudden it was like law and order bump bump the dopamine starts rushing and it's like guys let me fucking tell you what is it i can't i don't know what it is i'm just like i love a procedural i want it to be over SVU doesn't always go to the court. We always go to the court in Law and Order. Everyone's so righteous and pious. I just love it so much. Well, I think it's fun seeing people actually being held accountable for their actions, which is nice because it's just so rare these days. It is interesting to watch it in the lens of 2021 because the cops do shit all the time. Like, we don't have a warrant to get in there, but you said we could look around, right? And you're just like, oh, my God, they're just doing this stuff nonstop. And I used to root for them, like, who cares? Get in there. And now you're like, um, that boy needs representation. Uh, yeah, I think please don't hurt that rights. person. <laughs> yeah, I think that person has rights. <laughs> I think this might be illegal, and I used to root for them. Like, they're waiting for the search warrant that they don't have, so he breaks the toothpick off in the door lock so they can't get in. But if they hadn't done that, they never had the tapes of him killing him, but they're not admissible anyway because he broke the law. <laughs> An old school watch. See, you still got to watch plenty of things. I've been watching Happy... See, when I go to a dark place, which is when I wake up, I tend to go to ABC comedies from 2008 to 2011 that lasted three seasons or fewer. And so Happy Endings is my current watch. We talked about it last week. I'm continuing to watch it this what's, week. There's something missing. I love the show. I love ever being on it. I don't know what's missing. Something's missing. Why it wasn't a hit. Oh, well, so they did the same sort of thing that they did to Don't Trust the Bee in Apartment 23, another great ABC sitcom that only lasted two seasons, which is they aired the episodes out of order. And so they had storylines that didn't match because they fucked up the natural linear timeline. 
Can we also say that's sort of the beginning of a lot of people's acting careers? So maybe they weren't amazing. I think they were also, I mean, Elisha Cuthbert had already been in The Girl Next Door, where she was a pure delight. <laughs> she was then the inaugural host for Canada's Drag Race. That so. was way after Happy Endings. <laughs> She's a nothing between. <laughs> I mean, I love Adam Pally. I love Casey Rose Wilson. I love, um, not her, I can't think of her name. Uh, and the Wayans, I like her. Jane, Jane Wayans Jr. Yeah. I just, there's something missing. I don't know what it is. I don't know. I liked it. I, I didn't love it. I'm not a stan of it. I know people who worship happy endings. See, I didn't, I had trouble watching it when it was initially on TV, perhaps because of the non-linear fuckery that they did with the episodes. But it's a very fun watch on Hulu at the moment. I do remember when there's a guy living in their ceiling and hopping yeah. down and like stealing yeah. all their food. And that's really funny. <laughs> I don't know. Did, I don't know if I bought Adam Pally as a gay guy. Yeah, well, that was the thing. He wasn't a stereotypical gay guy. He was a uh, schlubby mess, and that was supposed to be the groundbreaking thing. I was like, well, it's a, still a straight guy playing a gay guy, which I don't mind, but the way it was still oh. very 2011. Please explain to me whatever is going on with the Sia movie that I don't know anything about. So the controversy surrounding the Sia movie is thus. The Maddie Ziegler, who is her yes. muse, her inspiration, From Dance plays, yes, plays a girl with autism, and... First of all, people were upset that she was playing a girl with autism and not an actual actress who had experience with that condition. And at one point, she sort of forcibly tied down and Sia had apparently received information that that was somehow correct or common to deal with people who have autism. And a lot of people objected and said it was inhumane and violent. And so just all in all, they were like, you know, this is a miss for me. Is most of the controversy. And it's, it's direct- terrible, right? Like, yeah, it's not- and also it's not a good movie. Yeah, it's a directorial uh, debut. It's got Kate Hudson in it. Um, it's got Maddie Ziegler. I mean, she did the music for it. I think the music's good. I like Sia as a musician a lot. And well, she always gives know. somebody on Survivor money that didn't win anything but should have. So she always does that? <laughs> I mean, she has for like the last 10 years. Wow. At the, at the <laughs> reunion where like you... Emma, you won a million dollars. They're like, you guys see a called. And she just wanted to say that Nick brought her so much joy. She'd like to give him a hundred thousand dollars. You're like, what? <laughs> and also $10,000 to Julie. Cause she was not so bad. And you're like, yeah. See, is always dropping you. money on there. Yeah. That's so funny. <laughs> so no, I view her as a very beneficent person who made, you know, a mistake. Which I mean, yeah. She said she listened to the wrong people. And then she was kind of bullied off of Twitter, which is a shame because she does consistently say, <laughs> like, this is not the most impactful, but she's, you know, I love you, keep going. She does that consistently. She's very open about mental health struggles. She spoke out against Shia LaBeouf. Who's not speaking out on Shia LaBeouf? <laughs> I know. I feel like that he's up there with, like, hard. most hated people right now. <laughs> yeah. Well, also Joss Whedon, which Aww, is... Oh, you guys told me to watch Buffy. I know. I still I think, still you, think should. you should. I think you should. One day we're going to have to have the art and their artists separation conversation. I know. Yeah. We will. Well, just because I love... Michael Jackson... Do I well, get to I love Firefly? the. I think so many people did amazing work in that, like the performances from Charisma Carpenter and Sarah Michelle Gellar and Michelle Trachtenberg are great, and their commitment to the rules are still wonderful. So yeah, it is an interesting conversation. Like, can we still enjoy this, knowing that they went through absolute hell on the set of this show? What is it going to look like this next decade or <clears throat> two decades of? <sighs> 
mostly men not behaving this way. Although I was so grossed out by Diane Sawyer in the Free Britney, Framing Britney documentary. Like oh Matt Lauer, God. we know he's a creep. He's kind of a creep. I didn't think the Ed McMahon thing was that big of a deal. It was a joke. I used to ask little kids all the time, are you married? You know, ha <laughs> no, joke. But Diane Sawyer sitting that close to her, asking about her sex life, get away from her. So I, the freedom with which people feel comfortable talking, maligning, disrespecting, and abusing female stars over their male counterparts is a significant indictment on misogyny that persists in our culture. Because you would not have that same conversation with a male star in that sort of situation. You wouldn't feel comfortable doing it. But for some reason, beating this woman to literal death is fine. She's not literally dead, but no. <laughs> um, parts of her have died. Her innocence is lost. <laughs> well, and There's... she's like defending the white male counterpart in this scenario. Like she's like, he's gone on the record and say that you hurt him badly. You broke his heart. Why did you do that? What did you do to him? It's like, what the, he doesn't need you right now, Diane. Like, and Brittany doesn't need this right now at all. Also, that is very much like if there's a personal squabble and someone broke someone's heart, that's a personal conversation. That is not national news. Nor well, the rumor be. was that she had slept with Wade Robeson, right? Who was Michael Jackson's victim. Like, Wade's had a tough time, but who knows? But um, it will be interesting to see. what. Oh, there's a really cool commercial out right now where they ask male athletes the kinds of questions they ask women. And the men are like, what? They're like, well, whose outfit are you wearing? He's like, huh? They're like, who are you dating now? He's like, what are you talking about? They're like, can you give us a little twirl? And then the end, they're like, why is it okay that we ask women these questions? And I really had fallen hook, line, and sinker. I was like, this is a very weird commercial. I'm like, why are they asking these questions? I'm like, oh, they totally would ask this of Serena, you know? Mm-hmm. Who, by the way, looks amazing. I want that one-legged cat suit thing. I won't wear it out of the house, but I'm not going anywhere anyway. <laughs> she looks stunning. The Flojo inspiration thing. And I don't know if I talked about this last time, but... She um, was interviewed by Yelena Dokic, who is an Australian tennis player by way of Yugoslavia, and had a very abusive father, super rough time of it, seems to be settling down now, is expecting her first kid, had a lovely post-match interview with Serena because she wasn't sort of asking the same thing. She was like, hey, I you know, was surprised by this recent Architectural Digest preview of you, that you're a major art collector. And it's like seeing these facets of people, like that's a great encore interview. It's like, the Williams sisters have never been super vocal about weaknesses, their thoughts on a match. They've been doing this for 800 years now, so they're kind of tired of those questions. But getting to know a little bit about this person is a super fair and interesting question to ask. And if you're not in love with Serena Williams, I would highly suggest following her on Instagram. She and her daughter are adorable. She and her husband are amazing. She and Venus were being silly. They were going shopping before the lockdown was happening. And Venus is like freaking out in the store. She's like, what about this? Do you have that bag? Do you have the bag that goes with it? Because I want that bag. Then she sees that um, Serena's videoing her. She's like, no pictures, no cameras. They're just like, it's so sweet. She's so fun. And then in that interview, she was like, I'm the type of I'm the type of woman who, if there's a blank canvas and a line down it, and she throws her hands up in exasperation, she's just like, fabulous. And I'm like, fuck you, Serena. You are so fucking good. I can't even fucking stand it. I know. And the scrutiny that she's been under while she's been the most amazing athlete is terrible. It's just it's well, just that's. Terrible. During the GOAT debate, it's like, who else has done this for this long? And it's like, Serena, Serena fucking Williams. Serena Williams has. And an individual sport, so. Who was having the GOAT debate? Is that just like during Twitter. Super Bowl? Uh, Twitter, yeah. When everyone was like, there's no question now. Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time. And I'm like, 
So we have different estimations of athlete, um, <laughs> I guess, because I view like a, like an athlete, and maybe this is my own bias, as someone who is a little bit more physicality. I'm not saying Tom Brady is in great shape. I'm not saying the uniqueness of his throwing arm is great, but like Serena Williams will run more in a match than he has in his entire career. Like someone gets close to him and he falls to the floor. He does a death <laughs> drop. I was like, I don't want to see it from Laganja to Stranja. I don't want to see it from you. Somebody do a death drop. <laughs> Should we talk about Drag Race? Let's right do it. Let's do it. Okay, cute. <laughs> Should we start with UK? Because I feel like that one was more fun. Sure. I feel like they had both had good parts. UK was more fun, in my opinion. So across the pond we go. And <laughs> it's seven months later. They've all been in hard lockdown. Did you watch the 30-minute backstory of what they were doing? I didn't. Go for it. Oh, it's super boring. No, go ahead. You go. Seven <laughs> months later, we are back. Or are we? Because there's one queen missing. Her name is Veronica Green, and she tested positive for COVID. In that moment, I was like, did she have to sign a waiver so RuPaul could say that she had COVID? Because that feels like disclosing <laughs> medical information. But Exactly. Whatever. Do they not have HIPAA over there? I think they have a different... I would assume the NHS... I mean, it did pretty well before Boris Johnson gutted it, but... Who knows? I don't know. I'm not here to get political. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Except every waking breath. So they come back, and because Veronica Green can't honor her commitment to the competition because she tested positive, they invite one of the three eliminated queens, not Jenny Lemon, because as we they know... They did Jenny, invite Jenny Lemon. She said, no, thank you. RuPaul said, Jenny Lemon isn't welcome back. Is that not how it happened? I thought he said, Jenny, welcome. Jenny Lemon said, no, thank you. No, what Rue said was Ginny excused herself from the competition is no longer eligible. Okay, you're probably right. I'm rarely wrong, and I know that's annoying, but it is just a fact. <laughs> so they all come back in the room, and obviously some people have had some changes. Oh, that's my God. So I didn't do this with Bimini, but definitely Sister Sister has had something done. So this is the Sister Sister before. Yeah. I couldn't figure out how to split screen, and that's her after. Yes. Mm -hmm. So what do we think? Okay, cheeks. so what she's had, um, she's had fillers in the cheeks for sure. She got some lip plumping. She got her teeth done, obviously. And no, she looks flippers. like... She, she said they're flippers that you take Are out. they flippers? Yeah. Okay. That's her. what she well, said. Good, because that's unfortunate if those are the actual teeth that she has at this moment, because it's not ideal. And she got, like, sort of the Bella Hadid cat eye surgery to pull her eyebrows um, up and towards your temple. I guess this is a, okay. But the and entire shape of her right? face has changed. Fillers, yeah. Fillers can Look do at that. her forehead. Clean as a whistle. So Botox, much Botox. Okay. And she feels confident now. Like, say what you will, but she came out ready to serve. Yeah, and she came in a good mood. She's like, I look good, I feel good. Moving on. Yeah. Boom, clap. <laughs> Boom, clap. Okay, so... What is that? Let's just RuPaul wearing an ode to Ginny Lemon. I've never seen RuPaul wear a wig like this. Um, but I was like, what is happening with that wig? Then they bring in three animals, a dog, a cow, and an elephant. Did you think this is the old queens? Yeah. Yeah. You did? I wasn't, I wasn't thinking. So Joe Black, Cherry Valentine, and Estina Mandela are there. Who would you have voted for to come back? Estina. 
probably. I mean, Cherry Valentine is on the front lines of COVID. Oh, uh, that's true. Can't that she come back thing. and play? Astina was fine with votes. it. I know. <laughs> Astina left gracefully. She's like, you know, I live a great life. I couldn't ask for more. Cherry's like, I wasn't ready to go. And now I've been dealing with patients. But they all voted for Joe Black, pretty much. Who voted for Astina? It was like two people. Bimini and, and Bimini did, yeah. Oh my god, I still can't get over how short Bimini is. In my mind, she's like five nine, but in reality, I think she's like five two. Yeah. <laughs> so they Little showed baby. on the thirty minute like documentary about what the queens did with their days off. It was all, like uh, Veronica Green went into a deep depression. Oh. She didn't leave her house for four weeks. They show her fiance coming in, going, "Come on, let's go for a walk," and she's like, "No, I can't. I cannot." Ellie Diamond and before she went, she got COVID. Yes. Oh, geez. (laughs) Way before that. Like, she's like, we're on the high of the show. I'm starting to feel myself. I'm getting confident. And then we're, we're in this pandemic where we're making no money. So then Ellie Diamond, their family, all of them lost their jobs. So they couldn't afford where they lived together. So they all had to move out separately and they have counsel there, which is like homeless. Uh, If you're homeless, you apply for a shelter and they found Ellie a one-bedroom apartment that I don't think has any windows. So she's never lived alone. And now she's, you know, out on her own, still working at the drive-thru once that opened back up. Wow. So it's really sad. Really sad. And, like, the Scottish queens never got to work ever. Some of the London queens got to go back a little bit at the end. But it was very sad. Very sad. Ginny is in a throuple, which I guess I forgot. And they are renting two really cute younger boys. This their friend's house that they just have this beautiful three bedroom. They're renting them like prostitutes. <laughs> not, not renting the throuple, <laughs> but renting um, this house or giving this house in the countryside. So they've been doing great. Anyway, it was it's very sad and depressing. I don't know if I would watch it. And then to have the end of the episode be RuPaul screaming at them about their terrible wear when they have not worked in seven months is a little icky. I yeah was very perturbed by that. First of all, that she's like. I flew across the pond when no one's really supposed to be traveling anyway. I did all this for you. Thought a little gaslighting. And then, yeah, we were fine and praised Estina's ASOS jacket, but suddenly in financial insecurity when everyone has lost their jobs, saying you need to buy these extra... They don't get funding for this. Which is a really good point that someone brought up that like on Project Runway, on Top Chef... No one else is expected to provide all their own things, right? Like you come with your knives at Project or Top Chef, but they don't make you go pay for the groceries at the grocery store because mm-hmm. you'd be like, all I can afford is this potato. So they should give them a budget. Like they on Project should. Runway, you go home to make your collection. So, hey, Emma and Nick, you are both made it to Drag Race. We're going to give you $40,000. You have three months to get it together. And I guarantee you some people would still come with crap. Mm-hmm. Turn in all your receipts. And yeah. let's go from there. I mean, I think that sounds great. RuPaul, make that happen. You're not spending any money on like writers or anything because these skits are terrible. Bing Bang Bong <laughs> is the really the worst <laughs> song ever. And then it just makes you think of Bing Bong from Inside Out. It didn't. No? no. Do you know who Bing Bong is? No. Terribly sad. Jesus. So, so Joe Black is back. I didn't care. I wanted Cherry or Asina. I felt bad. 
Um, I didn't mind Joe Black at all coming back. And just because so many, she's such an institution within the UK drag scene and she didn't get to show anything. Right. And I just was really excited about her outfits, mostly. I didn't particularly care for her as a performer, but I sort of like that old cabaret, sipping a martini on the piano style. And I wanted to see more. Because the queens were gagged for her and Jimmy Lemon. Yeah. And then she picks a real loser team. I mean, seriously, she's like, like, what are "Um, you doing? I'll take everyone that sucks. (laughs) What? No. And they should have showed this team first because it was really mean to show the other team. Well, I think they filmed this one first, like in the natural trajectory. And then they, in edit, put the other team first. Yeah. So they chose to be mean. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. I think I took it out, but I had like a really dirty look of Michelle's when she looks at them like, this is awful. Oh my God. I listened to the banana drama take on itself and it's not a bad verse, but seeing everyone else's reactions immediately, I was just like, what the hell? The UK, or uh, what are they called? United King dolls just killed it. They just slayed, slayed, slayed. And then- everything. I feel like the expectations are so different now as far as dance competitions. Like they, RuPaul expects you to be in a haute couture Chanel look every time you walk down the runway, evidently. And the dancing needs to be like professional caliber because the little rolling situation and then the sort of Saturday night fever moves just aren't going to cut it. And the dancing legitimately was so great on United Kingdoms. When they had, they did it so well with the three fierce, phenomenal typical girl group and then Lawrence Chaney just busting out in front of Bimity like ding dang dong and the beginning they come out to that like one two three one two three which we saw in the rehearsal uh-huh. and then Lawrence Chaney can't do it at all even during the show she doesn't do it you're like oh my goodness <laughs> yeah I like the choreography like behind the scenes I like the singing behind the scenes those were all fun um that song is really bad. I mean, it is catchy as fuck, though, Julie. Eve, it's oh an my earworm, god! But even in the good group, right? Even in the United King Dolls, they do the same chorus move all three times: turn on butt and smack that butt. And you're just like, oh <laughs> as someone so, who's not a professionally trained dancer or a dance teacher, and all related to successful dance, I was like, this is the best thing I've ever seen in my life. But you know what? I loved. Um, I don't want to wake up. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Don't want a rodeo on top of your head. I'm going to put my arm down. Roll up. (laughs) It was fine. And they. Well, Davina has been doing this for a decade. For two decades. For 30 decades, she's been doing this. I don't think. But I am madly in love with Tease. I got to tell you, her talking heads in this episode. (laughs) So fun. (laughs) So she and Ahura move in together because Tease doesn't really have anywhere to go. So she moves into Ahura's flat, and Ahura's like, it's so good to have someone around with Tace's uh, energy. She sees the bright side. I thought, I thought things would be quite difficult. You're like, <laughs> So you basically just energy vampired on Tace for the last seven months. Tace is like, we're going to make a noodle sandwich. It's delicious. Did you see him make yeah, a noodle Tace sandwich? Came back. I don't know what Tace was on, if that was just like the excitement of being back, but man, uh, away from she was Ahura on the next alone. level. Perhaps, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So while Tace was having the major climb in your rankings, Bimini rose right to the top for me. I thought she was Already so there. phenomenal. Mm. She, she, her verse, I thought, was so engaging, so interesting. One of the best in Drag Race history. It was so fun. Sing it for and me. I, Release the beast, Bimini. Get a pillow for those girls because they sleep on me. Jenna Benda, system offender. Like a rough by my lentils tender. Then like. Wow, go Nick. <laughs> I've listened to this like 15 times. <laughs> Um, and then there's something like limp wrist. Don't be afraid to embrace the fam with a yohishi or them. 
Um, limp wrist, hair flick, creme de la creme. I'm the queen of them all. Say that again or something. Or love yourself. Say that again. Such a good verse. Such a good verse. While she, while she was at home, she bought a chair for $12 on Amazon and taught herself how to lean on it and do the splits. <laughs> and she did a jump off of it. They slayed the talent. They really did. And if you had to give it to, well, I guess you go to the runway to make it a winner. But And I thought Joe was the least entertaining in his group. Ellie Diamond, I think, is thinks that she's this great dancer and this great she performer. And so I guess that's good. just what being 21 is, right? If it was me, it would have been all cow, 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 cow. We had to dumb it down for the nans. And then you're like, you didn't perform at all. No. So. No, there's a way. Like, you, I mean, you can say a lot about Ellie with two Ts, and I do. But during her performance, she was hitting every beat and was going for it. Denali, same thing in the performance. Like, it can be a team effort, but still, like, I'm going to take this simple move, and I'm just going to, like, lean into it and fucking kill it. All right. So we take it to the runway, and the theme is by the seaside. So we start off with Bimini Bum Boulash, my personal winner of the episodes, the season, and Trisha life Butt. itself. And she's wearing sort of a historical turn-of-the-century parasol. She's donning one with um, her take on this very traditional, repressive female style by making it super exposed and lacy and elegant. She's got this baby doll makeup on her face, a little, little cap over her head. She killed it. She looks amazing. Agreed, and it's definitely gender-bending in a different way because it doesn't, for me, it's not super feminine, even though it's lace. I don't know. Her boy body is like shaman coming at me. Yeah, and Instagram, someone gave their interpretation and Bimini reposted it and said this is exactly what it is, which is I'm taking sort of restrictive traditional style and then making it more exposed and more open and more modern to show how far we've come with gender expression and such. So then Taste comes out in a cargo net with some seashells on it, uh, and I still love it. I don't care. She looks amazing. I love it. Taste killed it. This look was not my favorite, though. The placement of the seashells are above her vagina, and it just looks a little craft store, if I must say so myself. Would you pull that crap with a net? Oh, they were on <laughs> pun fire on this one, for sure. Look at that. So well, there she looks like Aphrodite, seashells. for sure. She's yeah. like what? Aphrodite, coming out of the sea. There you go. Out comes Ahura. She's a bag of chips. With some bloody french fries. Like, there's something, like, violent about her outfit. Why is everybody always licking blood off of their long fingernails? So she's, like, a giant newspaper that's cinched at the waist, and she's got giant french fries. She's got a ketchup bottle on her head that's dripping down her face. I know Sister Sister did this as well. I like Sisters better. No, I don't. Oh, I this did. one feels more fashion. Disagree. Okay, well, that's fine. <laughs> that's fair. Lawrence Cheney. She's a life raft. Oh, my God. That was... Michelle was like, seriously, you have gone too far. Yeah, so she's wearing a pretty traditional silhouette, but with a um, life preserver sort of crowning her face as a halo. In this screenshot that you have, Julie, she looks like she's <laughs> casting a curse. And on the back, on her ass, it said, no diving. Yeah, Cute. That's cute. Same silhouette I've seen a lot from her, but she does change up her makeup with the wigs and everything. <laughs> she just showed us uh, Ellie Diamond's look. And it, for some reason, the closed captioning is on from when RuPaul's yelling at them later. But <laughs> don't, how do you don't even do time. this? Is Ellie dying? So she's she's a seagull wearing a bathing suit. Is she wearing, it's like, it's like a pull-on mask, and then you put a prosthetic under it? I don't understand. It's amazing. I think she taped, I think she did white makeup and then taped feathers to her face. You think? But yeah. the beak part? The beak part's the prosthetic, and then she put the feathers over the prosthetic so it would blend. It's awesome. It's so good. It's so amazing. But it is still a bathing suit. Way to go, Ellie Diamond. 
Oh, tea or coffee. Now, when she came out, I didn't know what she was. I was like, cupcake? How does that make sense? Yeah, I thought cupcake too. Did you? <laughs> I mean, it, it is. It's not even the full cone. It's like the little <laughs> shorty cones. <laughs> or like maybe it's a dish. I don't know. Now, Nick, if sister's sister, she's another fry with lots of ketchup, newspaper, and a seagull on her head. Had yeah. she cinched her waist maybe and made this a little more fashion, I think it would be better than it yeah. was. But I think the seagull on the head did it for me. <laughs> you liked that. Yeah. I did like that. Yeah, it's clever. I know her French fries are bigger. Now, here comes <laughs> Joe Black in what he's meant to do. Yes. Right? This, this is, is phenomenal. Unbelievable. I mean, she's kind of a look queen, and because she's older, I don't think people are giving her that title. And by older, I mean she's 30. She looks 50. But she is very much a stylized, polished queen. Except when she's wearing a tight little wig and a dress from from H&M. I mean, maybe it's the Violet Chachki in me coming out, but that sort of silent movie star, late 20s, early 30s look, did it for me a little bit. Not the just pointing at the other people dancing. Right. (laughs) She looks amazing, though. She's got windswept hair, and her scarf is out, so she's by the sea with chips once again, ice cream on her. She sold it. She mimed it. She was amazing. And the scarf were tickets from the fair. Right. Little blue tickets. I didn't want anybody in the bottom, but she. this look should have saved her. This is a show-saving look. Yeah, I mean, I do think that the only cohesion that was super happening in United King dolls was sluts and their chaperone. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I but I didn't mind sluts. that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which worked but for me. The just the different it, it looked like they were still from like the relative same era, whereas the banana drama was like, okay, well, here's a silent film star that was reenervated from her grave. And yeah. then we've got a sixties mod bitch, and then we've got uh, June Cleaver, and then we've got yeah. yeah, and then we've got <laughs> Tia Coffee doing whatever, and then she's Basic. sort of like seventies, yeah. I do love how astute Graham Norton is. He's like, you guys kind of had a similar color palette, but other than that, your shit didn't make any sense. You're like, well, do you have anything pink? What about purple? Pink, purple, gray. It doesn't make sense. It doesn't have to be the same color, man. So the bottom ends up being Tia Coffee and Joe, and their lip sync was fine. Um, Tea As coffee. Tea coffee said, it was adequate. I did it. I went through it. I moved. I sang. I won. When she revved up, <laughs> ran forward, did a somersault, and then a butt splat, I was like, wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, I do think yeah. Tia won. Tia did win. I agree. And she deserved to be in the bottom. So I did love that when RuPaul was like, if you used my team, you'd look like, well, me. And Tia was like, okay, well. Can I? Can I? <laughs> and she's like, fuck no. That was really funny. Still a good episode. I'm loving these British queens and I'm even rooting for them harder. I do wish Veronica hadn't gone. I really, she was like my sentimental favorite. Yeah. From I Gollum agree. to Glamour in 20 minutes. Oh, I do love when he's like, the world is ending right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we head to the chats and give it some gemstones? Yeah. Let's do it. Wow. Back, back to the old days, Emma lowballing us <laughs> at 90, Julie with a perfect score at 92, and Nicola <laughs> at 95. <laughs> right? Yeah, correct. All right, let's move on to the main event, shall we? I mean, I don't know we if UK is not the main event anymore. But. I think UK is the main event now, but let's go to... They're both so fun. America. 
So we go to the workroom, blabbity blabbity. <laughs> so we just sent home to Misha. So we come back mm. from that trauma. Excuse me. <laughs> <laughs> so we come back into the workroom and now we're going to do the, uh, oh, real quick. Have you guys noticed in Untucked and at the end, they are now drinking um, cans of something. Is it White yes. Claw? No, with a no but cruise. it has it's vodka. It's bubbly. Does it have vodka in it? Because I thought yeah. they were teetotaling them on Untucked these days. <laughs> no, because Rosé lifted it up once and it said vodka. Mm. Oh, I thought it was I thought it was a Nick Nick Cotter White Claw. <laughs> I wish. Well, I'm disappointed. I didn't know that. I only choice. saw the koozie and I was really excited. <laughs> Just like I was excited when this was the reading challenge and just like the disappointment of that not being a White Claw, this was not funny. <laughs> this was terrible. I think they're all terrible. I mean, the, my favorite read of all time is Rosie, Roxy, I think about you in the morning at the bus stop. Too soon? <laughs> That's the fucking best one ever. Bendela Cram has had some good ones. Um, like that when she called Thorgy the it monster clown. It's like, I love your outfit. Usually I just see this much of you as you're handing out balloons from that sewer grate. So in this one, Gottmik is the only one with a good one. The best burn, of course, is we're representing gays, trans, and pugs. Candy yeah. does look like a pug, so that was funny. She does, yeah. I don't like people telling Denali that she's meh, even though I think Denali's kind of meh. I don't like it. Yeah, it, well, it's not funny. No. I do think that making fun of Gottmik's vocal fry is good because the way she talks is a lot. It is so, too much. Great. I love when they pair them up by whoever you're standing next to as opposed to like getting to pick. So we find out we're going to the Bossy Rossi show this week, everybody. Oh. No. Improv is hard. Period. <laughs> Improv with like things that kind of relate to real life are hard, but they you at least have something to go off of. My 600 pound ass is ruining our friendship. Like that's like advanced level. Don't you think? No, I think it is. I think it's, I mean, you're on a TV show. So there's added stress. You're with people that you don't vibe with as you would like an improv troupe and, or an improv class like Barry, everyone gets murdered, right? An improv. Everyone gets murdered in improv. Have you not watched Barry? Everyone dies. No. I haven't okay. Well that, Barry. that joke would have killed someone out there. I don't know. And then, Lala, so funny in the workroom, right? When they did the Maury Povich reveal and running around and being silly. You, if you had done those exact thing, same things for no reason during the Bossy Rossi challenge, you would have done so well. Yeah, I don't think anyone did well, really. I thought Mick was surprisingly good. I know, at and describing. I'm not even rooting for them, and I would, thought they did really well. Um, and then Olivia was okay. I mean, I, didn't, I wasn't in love with Olivia's. I think she was among the best, certainly. Tina's, I, I thought was too over the top and a little aggressive. Elliot's was bad. Rosé and Denali were just kind of there. I thought Rosé was pretty funny. It might have helped that they were the first group, so I wasn't, like, tired of the over-the-top improv stick so yet. True. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the fact that Tina and Elliot fully made out and then Elliot put his, or Tina put her balls in Elliot's face, that was a lot. And you know who won that challenge? Ross Matthews, because Ross Matthews yes. always wins those challenges. He's hilarious. Candy, I didn't think was great, except her opening line, like, oh, I didn't know you were so poor, or whatever she said. And then Simone is just funny. She's yeah. clearly watching 30 Rock with Deborah. Yeah. The winner of Milf Island. <laughs> so I feel like <clears throat> I would love them to get challenges that they can win at, right? Like when we watched them all lip sync the first two weeks, we were like, yes, show us what you've got. Now it's like you have to be able to do everything really great. So Utica, I don't know. That was bad. 
It was poor. From someone who says they're really good at improv. They're really Kiss good at death. talking. Kiss of death. Ter- and then yeah. to see Olivia be like, oh, I will be getting this part. I was like, Ooh. was nice. I did love that. A little oh, I bit. didn't love that. It made me sad. I was like, oh, oh no. I, I mean, I like when the quiet, for it. I like when the quiet ones are just like, no, I will be doing this. I mean, it's not RuPaul's best friend race. It's not <laughs> H&M. I just feel like they should have rock, paper, scissors for it. Okay. All right. That's now, cool. Candy, they are looking at her through a different lens than I am. I didn't think she was very funny in the challenge, and I did not like her runway. So I don't know what's going on. What's happened to me? <laughs> oh, my God. Then we go into the workroom for RuPaul's social worker episode. Yeah. They're just, it's a lot this year, a lot of emotional stuff going on. And poor Tina is like, I don't even like Tina. And Elliot's like, I'm playing all depression. Nobody likes me. Ah. Tina's like, so does my mom. Ah. You're like, ah. it did help me like Tina more. Totally. She was empathetic. She was there, even with a very unlikable Elliot with two T's. Struggling with depression is very difficult, especially in a high pressured situation of drag race in a pandemic. Mm-hmm. That must be hard. <laughs> <laughs> I feel sorry for her. I don't know I'd go that far. I get it more, I guess. That's more than we can say for her fiance. Because her fiance doesn't get it. I'm like, um, I'm sorry, are you marrying someone who doesn't understand your mental illness that is a huge part of your life? That's a problem. Well, Tina loved Donna pretty <laughs> pretty hard. So gross. Tina try she is Tina try hard this episode for sure. Yeah, I mean Tina's always Tina try hard, I feel like. So we go to the runway. And they say that the, the runway is beat it. And I'm thinking it's B-E-A-T it. So I'm expecting everyone to come out with a beat mug. It really took me to like seventh person to realize they were talking about beads. <laughs> I was like, what is happening? <laughs> so Janali comes out first and her love of lamps. What do you think of the chandelier outfit? So every gay is inexplicably obsessed with an inanimate object. <laughs> I was that obsessed true? with tassels growing up. Tassels were my thing. I think these shoulders are terrible. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't like it. I don't like the shape it I gives her. I loved it. Okay. <laughs> I thought it was a stunning concept. I thought she looked very Great Gatsby. And her eyes were very the true meaning of Great Gatsby, which is despair. And I appreciated that. She looked be sad. Me no likey. Flat wig. Weird shoulders. <laughs> makes her look old. This is a matronly upper body, right? She looks matronly. She's a child. She should not look old. She is gorgeous. Here comes her <laughs> Thank God they told me this was Tinkerbell because I didn't see it. I just get a Tinkerbell um, with the hair and the blush sort of situation. It's, a, it's like neon Tinkerbell. I don't know why Tinkerbell's going to a rave. <laughs> she looks pretty. I don't buy her as a drag queen. Sorry. <laughs> La Lari, they can they can fuck off. This outfit is great. This is it's so much stunning. fun. If you she came looks out, great. turn the corner in that outfit, I'd be like, oh, we're about to get our dance on. Look at what the fringe does to my booty. <laughs> yes. So I've learned I'm a, I'm a fringe whore because <laughs> when Tina Burner was wearing it, Olivia yes. Lux wearing it, I'm just like, amazing. She looks like Shakira. Mm-hmm. She looks great. And boo on Michelle Visage for pointing out that hole in her outfit. I never Whatever. saw it. Whatever. It doesn't, I, I didn't either. the episode, they do zero in on it a little bit, but they, there was no need. Absolutely no need. It looked fine. I I thought she looked great. Her hair is crazy. Love it. I love her. That's rude. Got Mick in her anal beads. It was a cute concept. Very mod. Fun. 
It was okay. I don't think I have a good picture, but she has the little beads on the back of her shoes as well. Yeah. I thought it was a cool concept. Yes. I feel like the latex is a little bit played out, but that's, I mean, I don't know what else there is, right? Everybody I mean, she's got anal brain. beads on her head, and it still looks like a cute look. <laughs> Win. All right, fine. Makeup amazing. Here comes Olivia Lux as your friend down the street. So right. poor Olivia Lux. She did the boxing look after Simone. She did the hair after Candy News. And it's not Both the of same them did wig. it better. But this outfit is adorable. It is super cute. Yeah. This makes you think of like Brooklyn in the 70s. Like this is awesome. When she had her little beaded jump rope situation. So is she wearing like ha- a bead belt or something? This is not really a bead outfit, right? Like when the concept is bead, you want it featuring beads. I know there's beads What's in What's a beaded hair. rope? Jump rope. It's a beaded jump rope. Yes. But if it were graffiti <laughs> was the challenge theme, yes. she would obviously win that. I don't think this is a bead look. No. no Denali Chandelier is a bead look. Out comes Utica. Now, a friend of ours named Heather said she looks like a used tampon. And I would agree with that. Yes, she does. That's so true. Right? And now you just can't unsee it. You're like, oh, no. God. Well, no. Nick, I don't know if you know what a tampon is. It's a feminine hygiene product <laughs> you use when your Aunt Flo comes to visit. So what do you guys think of this outfit? I thought it was okay. I did not love it. I mean, she looks like the underbelly of, like, an arachnid. That's mixed with a vampire that has an Elizabethan collar for some reason that got lost in a Madonna storage unit from the 80s. So there are just pearls everywhere that are fake. I don't know. I don't love it. <laughs> she is a bloody bride. I know this plus her improv, I think, should have landed her in the bottom. Controversial only to me. I think Candy Muse looks terrible. <laughs> I disagree. Tell I me, think. Sell me. Tell me all about it. I don't. I will never sell you on anything ever. I think we've proven that. But. I think she looks very, again, 1920s. Is that the only decade I know? Maybe. But burlesque, there it is. I was going to say cabaret. But she looks like sort of a burlesque Roxy Andrews 1920s moment covered in her little furs, which I hope are fake. Cute. I'm sure. No. It's messy. There is no shape there. <laughs> the boobs are weird. I just don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. And then out comes oh the queen of the world. Simone. Yep, 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 yep. So if this Jade Essence Hall had a very similar hair look that said she done already had she done already done had hers is in the same beadwork that Simone had as mm. part of her like winner pictorial. She had that look. And she looks stunning. And if she is emulating Jade Essence Hall, here is our winner at the moment. Simone is a fucking model. I just I, I would like to see Simone and Tate in like a walk off, like a runway show walk off. Entire look, this concept, all of it was a win. And RuPaul said, like, the best thing on the stage ever? I don't think that's true, but it was a good look. <laughs> you don't think it's true RuPaul said that, or you don't think it's true about the look? <laughs> the latter. And then to go from this high of highs to the low No, no, of no, 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 She Burner. already is a clown, oh my God. okay? Why would you wear a clown? I'm not dressed. I don't wear Paxil. You don't need to know that I'm mentally disturbed. You'll find out. Why is she dressed as a Mardi Mardi Gras monstrosity? And then the tit reveal. Come on, Tina. After the other reveal that was a waste of time, the only thing she did right is she said she wore big hair. Can you imagine this with one of those short wigs, like a flat wig? Right. Well, she already has such big mannish shoulders. So to emphasize that with this billowing sleeve and then to cut it off, I guess to show her legs, she has nice legs, but it just makes her look top heavy. And then she reveals her tops. 
are heavy. Which are uneven, right? Like we got it. You're top. Tina, we got it. Yeah, it's so bad. And I don't think she knows it. No, she does. Also, the makeup is not great. No. It's full clown. I have like seven pictures of Tina Burner. <laughs> I just couldn't believe what was happening. I'm like, I need to see RuPaul's terror face and then as many different angles of Tina's horrible outfit as possible. We give you a no. So then we pass on to Elliot. I did not live for this. Me the either. judge said it was no. great. I did not think this was good. Uh-uh. But you yep. love the 20s, Nick. <laughs> That's fair. Well, evidently, I do love the 20s, but not if they're explicitly 20s. It does have a it lot just, of beads. I'll yeah. give it that. I think it was too short. I didn't love the colors. Her makeup was too heavy and dark. I, I just And then everything rode up. Yeah. Sorry. So we find out Lala and Elliot are in the bottom two. Do you agree? I think yes. I mean, I can see the argument for Utica. I really can. Yeah. And then Olivia won. I would have given it to Simone, I believe. I agree. With, with the runway look included? Yes. yes. Well, if the runway look isn't included, why does it exist? I feel like Olivia got a good win last week with disregarding the runway, but two weeks in a row. Yeah. What are we saying I mean, here? Her look was cute, but basic. Simone's was the greatest thing that's ever walked <laughs> the face of the earth, but still amazing. I mean, no offense to Olivia, but we did see that wig already two weeks ago, and it was a revelation when Candy wore it. But now you see it, and you're like, I already saw that. And that's not yeah. her fault. We get to this random Kelly Clarkson song, which I'd never heard before, <laughs> but it seems like it'll be fun to lip sync to. And Elliot did better than I thought she would. I did not think she won, though. I thought Lala won. Maybe it's because I do not like Elliot. Exactly. Lala, Lala is so likable. The camera loves her. The fringe... I know. Get the fringe. <laughs> when they did that matching <laughs> the like floor. body roll next to each other, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I just like I kept seeing her panties and I wasn't into it. And I dislike Elliot less after her vulnerable moment. <laughs> but Lala, you're just like, she wasn't ready. She felt like when um Monique Hart left and she was like, I can't. It's not my time. And you're like, I know, sorry, Monique. I am Super excited that next week is a rusical because everybody can lip sync to a song about social media. Unless the song is as annoyingly catchy as bing, bang, bong, sing, sing, bang, sing song. song, ding, dang, dong, <laughs> UK, hon. All right, let's hit the chat, people. At home, please calculate your score. Go. Nick with a low, way low, 86. And Emma also low with 89. And Julie with a perfect score of 91. <laughs> <laughs> So it's pretty good. Um, Miss Emma, did you plan a game this week or do you want me to give me a game or what do you want to do? We can do a guess the song again. We can take it to the 90s. <laughs> yes, let's do it. Take it to the 90s. 90s. Take it to the 90s. 90s. Take it to the 90s. 90s. Now, do we think we can what, do it? What, what? Uh-oh. You're still going to lose. I don't know why you're getting all excited. <laughs> Interesting. Everyone got their sound? Yeah. yeah. Julie, what's yours? I'm going to go with Bing oh. again. Ah! That's it. Okay. Right. <laughs> okay. Bing, bang, bang. I will always love you. Nicholas. Whitney Houston. What? <laughs> Nick just won. Bing, bang, bong. Nick got one. Nick got one. That's a <laughs> Nice. <laughs> Nick got one. Bing, bang, bong. I should so know this. Nick. <laughs> I actually don't know it. Oh, I do. The Macarena. Yes. <laughs> hey, you should be ashamed that you know that. Aye, aye. Oh, Bing. Julie. You can't touch this. It was MC Hammer. 
can't touch this. Ah! Uh, Big Mega! Smells no. like Team Sierra Nirvana. <laughs> Good job. Nick got two. Julie doesn't even need ball. the three seconds to think. Big Bang Bang! Oh, we already guessed it. <laughs> Good one. All right. Big Bang Bang! Oh. Big Bang Bang! <laughs> Wannabe Spice Girls, released in 1996 by Virgin Atlantic Records. <laughs> well, we'll see if this game ends our friendship. <laughs> Oh. Eh, Wonderwall. Yes. By who? Oasis. The Hot Gallagher Brothers. <laughs> bing, bang, bong, bing, bang, bong, Barbie Girl Aqua. Sorry. You can brush my hair, undress me every... Uh, that, like, that whole album was my jam. If you didn't know I was gay before then, 1997 hit, and all I would sing is, I'm a Barbie girl, and it's the king of the night. And we are having... It's fantastic. You can brush my hair. Nick is winning four to three. Oh, no, uh, bing, bang, bang. <laughs> R.E.M. Losing My Religion. All tied up, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I was listening to this album like, <laughs> so far this is a pretty good balance, I think, between where you guys were. It's the cranberries, zombie. Yes. Sorry, that took a second. Gone too soon. Rest in power, Joy. Four non blondes. No, I got it. You it did not. Weird. I absolutely <laughs> did. What's going on? <laughs> Former wife of Sarah, what's her face from Roseanne? Bing! Bing, bang, bong. Yes, Nick. <laughs> Venga boys. Um, Venga bus. The Venga bus is coming. No. I don't think so. Boom, boom, boom. boom. No. I, want you in my room. I got point five. I got no. point five. You, you, got, you got Venga Boys. <laughs> Is it called Name That Band or Name That Tune? <laughs> no points. Julie. Uh, um, Killing Me Softly, Fuji's. Fuji La. Oh my God. Did you not? Did you love the Fuji's album? You guys are too young. Yes. No. <laughs> Do you like Primus? Yeah. Nick. Yeah. Uh, Nick. Nick. It is. Yeah, 100% I got that. I'll be you listening back. Oh, you should absolutely be listening <laughs> back. You better hurry. Time's around. Run out. Okay, it is Eminem, Real Slim Shady. What? Who? The song is technically called My Name Is. <laughs> Fine. I will concede. You can have a half What's point. the score? Bing, bing, bing. Eiffel 87, blue dabba dee dabba die. I never would have gotten that. I don't <laughs> think that's what it is. is that right, Emma? We'll find out. Eiffel 65, never. what did you say? We're close enough. I said 87, <laughs> but it's not name that band. It's name that song, isn't it? All right. If we give you that, 6.5 to 6. 
I would right. never have gotten that. Never. No. Is it Michael Bolton? Uh, to the end of the road! Oh, damn it. Uh, oh, go for it, Julie. Uh, a little shit. stressed out. I'm too sexy, right? Said Fred. Yeah. I <sighs> hurt. That was painful. I had to move things out of the way to get to that part of my brain. <laughs> Bang, bang, bang. No, it was me. Lou Vega, Mambo number five. I feel like maybe you just have faster internet and shooting here because of that. Cause I said it first. What, Julie? I feel like maybe Nick has faster internet or something because I know that I said it first. <laughs> I don't think you did. I thought the same about you. I feel like I've got. Why are you still talking? <laughs> <laughs> seven and a half to seven. Now you have to say the answer. I know, I know, I know. And it's uh, Backstreet Boys. Uh, no, uh, it's Backstreet Boys. Three seconds. I'm coming. Three, two, one. I, I, I wanted that way. I wanted that way. Backstreet Boys. I wanted that way. Backstreet Boys. You took forever with Red Said Fred. I'm moving boxes too. I wanted that way. Backstreet Boys. It's not named that band. Seeing that. <laughs> I want it that way. Tell me why. Ah. Yes. Wow. Beautiful. <laughs> Tell me why he. Bang, 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 bang. Uh-huh. You got it. Smash Mouth, All Star. Oh! <laughs> that was a tie. I don't know. You guys went in hard on that one. Celine Dion, my heart roll gone. <laughs> okay, well, Julie that's not fair. <laughs> she said it was a tie, and then you went fine. Fine, Julie. No, we'll, What's fast. The score? we'll skip it. It's fine. I'm pretty no, sure you both have eight and a half. Uh, Nick has eight. Oh, yeah, we're just listening. Oh, it's the sex scene from Titanic. Is, that's good. Pay me like one of your friends. You don't really care for music, do you? Uh, bang, 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 bang. Julie. Hallelujah. It was not Julie. By whom? It doesn't matter. It's named that song. <laughs> Could be Jeff Buckley, but I couldn't tell. It is Jeff Buckley. Also, not nearly power. growly enough for Leonard. Oh, this is heartbreaking. I'm <laughs> Super gay. I don't know that is. I know. I should. Julie's just that. pointing to Nick. Like, obviously, <laughs> you're gonna know this one. I mean, I should. Wait, play the three seconds again. Never heard it. It feels like a Madonna remix, but I don't know. Oh, what? No one thought. No one thought this coming. There's something like Nick Miller. <laughs> Uh, uh, they both backed up. Yes, Julie. Enter Sandman from Who Cares? Because it's named that song. Metallica? It, it might not be. Enter Sandman, Metallica. Wow, nice. <laughs> oh, it's Snoop. Snoop. I don't know what it is. Nick. I, Snoop, there it is. <laughs> I don't know. Snoop, 
There it is. I know. Sing it. Sing, sing it a little bit. Come on. We're all here for this, right? Snoop Dogg. Gangster's Paradise? Dog. No. No, I know. And that Sorry. is not Snoop Dogg. Sorry. I don't know the song. Know. Play it, Emma. Nothing but a G thing, baby. Emma, the true gangster. Uh, Seconds, Julie. <laughs> I don't know. What's it called? I think Nick? it's Blur. Yeah, is but... the band. Thank you. Um, <laughs> I think it's just it's called Song Something. I don't know. Song Two. Song Two. Song, song two? two by Blur. Yeah. Song Two by Blur. Woo! How? Where? <laughs> now he's rocking out. Uh, Julie, <laughs> me love. I would do anything for love. <laughs> uh, yes, Julie. Bang, 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 bang. All the small things. Some forty-one. Like 182. Oh fuck! It doesn't it's matter. It's named that song. It's all the small things. Yeah. <laughs> all the small things. Julie. Shit. California. California knows how to party. City of Compton. City of Compton. California knows how to party. Solid guess. California love. <laughs> no. If I didn't get the other one. What's the score? Uh, Julie. <laughs> Elton John. Goodbye, Yellow Brick Road. Candle in the Wind. That's what I said. <laughs> I won't take that one. It's 11 and a half to 10 without Elton John. Bon Jovi. No. <laughs> no, it's. Bronto I think Greenstein. it is. It's not Bon Jovi. Okay, so it's Aerosmith. No. It it's the Goo Goo Dolls. It's the Goo Goo Dolls. Oh, slide, slide, slide. Goo Goo Dolls. I don't think it's called slide, yeah. but I did. Do you want to put out a different answer? Iris. It's Iris. It's Iris. Well, if I don't get the last one, you don't get this one. No, so. I still don't get this. But it's okay, Iris. I don't know I the name, it but Iris. It's, it's the Goo Goo Dolls because I hate that guy. These were wild, yeah, Julie. It sounds like Right Said Fred again. No, it's Make You Move. Uh, it's not Make You Move. It's uh, it's not CNC Music Factory. Oh, a place to stay. Get your booty on the floor tonight. Make my day. If any of those words are the title, then you got it. <laughs> oh, Mr. Vane by Culture Beat. That's what I said. <laughs> uh, bang! Julie. Are you going to go my way? That's totally mine. By whom? 
It doesn't matter. <laughs> Lenny Kravitz. Bang, 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 bang. Don't speak, no doubt. Yep. Jump around. <laughs> jump up, jump up, and get down. You know, for a hype woman, you didn't seem to be that excited about that song. <laughs> I just felt good that I got in before Nick. So. He keeps edging up to me. Bing, 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 bing. Top thumping, Jumbo Wumba. Good job, Nick. Oh. Bing! Julie. Sir Mix-a-Lot. Baby got back. It was not Julie. Pretty sure Emma is what we call the judge. Turner, I got the power by snap. Nice. You put me down with the push of the button, but I'm out and I'm gone. I'm feeling now. I keep it on and on. Sabotage. <laughs> the last time I got high, someone put this record on. I laid down on the floor. I didn't talk. I'm like, put that record over. I'd like to hear the other side. Boom, boom, bing, bang, bong. <laughs> yes, Nick. <laughs> bills, 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 Destiny Child. No. No, it's not. Wait, no. Up. Fine, go ahead. You can go. Hold on. Let's see. Hold on. Shit. Uh, I, can it. I do again? Say my name. It's not Bills, Bills, Bills. Oh, it is. Say, it's my, say name. my name. It's say my name. Bing, bing, bing. Genie in a bottle. Christina Aguilera. We're back on track. We're feeling it. Nick We're is in the, the lead for the first time since he had two. <laughs> Was that the last one? Yep. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Does that mean that I won, Julie? <laughs> I was ahead the entire time. <laughs> Since you had two and I have one, I've been ahead the entire time. The final score is 16 to 15.5. <laughs> but once again, I should demolish you. What year were you born? 1991. I was alive for all Yeah, of you the were six when 90s. some of these songs came out. I was like in my 20s. So I should have demolished you. What and a I'm weird exhausted. time. <laughs> Terrible. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Takes All Over the Place. We hope that you will look at us everywhere. If you want to see the amazing slideshows that I prepare by screenshotting all the shows, they are available at TakesPod.com. Thanks to Emma for putting those up there. Please like us and follow us everywhere you can. Apple Podcasts. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter. Not a lot, but we're there. Um, if you think we're funny and you need another laugh this week and you like 30 Rock at all, please check out our other podcast, Blurg where we are just as annoying and take just as many tangents, but we will talk about the episode. So we hope you have a great week. Thank you guys for spending time with us. I really appreciate it. Bye. Thanks, everybody. Takes All Over the Place is a project of Team Takes, a.k.a. Nick Cotter, Julie Sunderland, and Emma Cotter. With the invaluable sound editing help from Phil Cotter and Frank. <laughs> the awesome toenails on the wood floor from Frank. <laughs> we love you, Frank. Release the beast, Bimini! <laughs> Got a pillow for these girls because they sleep on me. Gender bender, system offender. Like a rough on my lentils tender. 
Don't be afraid to embrace the fair, whether you're he, she, or there. Wow, I wonder if we could just repeat that part when you sang this earlier in the podcast. <laughs> <laughs>